Welcome back to another episode of One Championship Repeat Boston Sports Podcast. And what I want to start with in this episode of the podcast involves the NFL draft and what I would say is drafting grades and how past drafting grades don't always mean that you're going to have a bad draft. And kind of what I want to look at is past um, NFL drafts starting uh, from 2014 to current and looking at what different grades uh, got and how it actually turned out looking now in 2022. So we're going to start with 2022, and uh, we're going to start with this year where uh, a bunch of different websites gave the Patriots a rough score with a C, C minus, D, F, basically all, you know, terrible scores uh for the draft some a little bit better in terms of you know the grading than others um but they ended up giving the patriots and i'm on cbssports.com a c minus and their best pick was taekwon thornton because they think he'll be great um and the worst pick was cole strange because he was a bit of a reach uh basically they say belichick walks to his own beat when it comes to drafting sometimes he wins with Tom Brady, sometimes he loses. Strange is a reach, but I love Thornton and third rounder Marcus Jones, and I didn't like uh, Zappi in the fourth. Um, so uh, yeah, that was that one. And if we're gonna look at another one, just for um, the sort of uh, keeping with what um, we're going with, this is from NFL.com, which is uh, they give out quick snap grades. Um, we're going to be looking at a bunch of NFL.com uh, quick snap grades for um, each year as well, um, and some that, you know, if they have it. Uh, these guys give them a C plus, uh, a C on day one, C plus on day two, and an A on day three. Like a lot of the guys like Pierre Strong Jr., they like Bailey Zappi, Jack uh, Jones, um, and uh, Hines and Stuber could be late draft uh, Michael Awanu type guys. So really it's C plus, C, C minus, maybe a little bit lower than that, depending on, you know, the different websites. And I also think there's a little bias in everyone's sort of draft grades. Um, but how this compares to the past in the drafts in the past, um, let's look and let's see if they got it right. And this will kind of tell us whether or not it's actually worth really using this as set in stone or not. So 2014, as I said before, that's where we're going to go back and um, start. So um, looking at 2014, and we're looking at the Patriots, uh, CBSSports.com, they give them a B-. Best pick was Dominique Easley in the first round. Questionable move was uh, Jimmy Garoppolo in the second round. Third day gem was Jim, uh, James White. Uh, and analysis. Patriots did... A lot of good things, but drafting of Garoppolo brings the grade down. I think it was too high, and I also think they could have used that pick on another position. Uh, time will tell, which it did tell, which we got rid of Jimmy Garoppolo, traded him to 49ers for a second-round pick, and then I think we actually just moved that pick around uh, again and again. And, yeah, at the end, B-minus was their grade. I honestly think... James White's been a stud, obviously, and I think Garoppolo has been great, but he wasn't great in New England because he didn't really play. 
The rest of the guys really didn't pan out. Dominique Easley didn't pan out by any means. And uh, Brian Stork wasn't that good. The rest of the guys really weren't anything special. B-minus is probably not where I would go. Uh, although James White has been great, I think they're more of like a C because the rest of the guys kind of really failed. And if you're looking at it from a Patriots standpoint, Garoppolo did nothing in New England. He did a lot and has done a lot for the 49ers. So I can't say that that pick worked for them. It was really just James White, which I think they would, you know, that's kind of where I would put him if I was going through, um, if I was going through the whole thing. Um, and uh, yeah. Uh, now we're going to go to 2015. And if you want to look at, uh, uh, what we're doing there, uh, in the, uh, AFC East, um, specifically, um, and we have, uh, the Patriots, um, and, uh, most surprising pick, Trey Jackson, uh, Florida State, round four, number 111. Patriots land a blue collar starter in the fourth round with the acquisition of Jackson on day three. Um, and, uh, I guess, um, wasn't the greatest, um, pick overall besides that. They give the Patriots a C plus. Uh, they say, um, all that said, first rounder Malcolm Brown certainly doesn't qualify as an undervalued prospect. Uh, Jordan Richards in round two, Geno Grisham in round three, Trey Flowers and Trey Jackson were value selections in round four. Um, just also looking at um, twenty, um, looking at the uh, the draft, Malcolm Brown, uh, Jordan Richards, Geno Grisham, Trey Flowers, Trey Jackson, Shaq Mason, Joe Zarnota. Um, honestly, uh, this draft, Trey Flowers was uh, a pretty solid addition for the Patriots. Shaq Mason, Joe Zarnota, um, they gave this draft um, in twenty fifteen. Um, this is NFL.com. C+. I honestly think this was like a B draft. I think they actually did much better getting guys that actually helped. It wasn't a terrible draft. And yes, the, the top tier guys in the you know the top of the draft didn't really um, hit where they needed to. But um, it was you know a draft that it wasn't really that bad. And I am happy with what ended up taking place. Now, if you go to 2016, they gave the Patriots a B minus, which was uh, Cyrus Jones um, and Joe Tooney, Jacoby Brissett, Vincent Valentine, Malcolm Mitchell, uh, Landon Roberts, Ted Karras, and Devin Lucin. Um, so, Ted Karras was a steal. Joe Tooney was great in the third round. Uh, they ended up giving this a B minus, and with no picks in the first round, Patriots went with two solid options in Jones and Tooney. In the second round, Jones can play outside cornerback. Failure. And then Joe Tooney's been great. Jacoby Brissett is more of a developmental option at QB after posting the number 24 overall draft grade in the draft class. And Valentine is more of a hold-the-point run-stop right nose tackle. Uh, Jacoby Brissett got traded and has floated through the NBA, uh, NFL. Uh, and then day three, Mitchell should compete for snaps on the outside with his sharp, intimate route running, um, Lucin is another intriguing option outside in draft sleeper at number 92. Honestly, what I've noticed is that a lot of these talk about like certain players being great, and it's usually not those guys who turn out to be great. Uh, they don't really mention Ted Karras that much, and I'd argue he was probably one of the best guys to come out of this draft for the Patriots. 
This draft is probably much worse than a B minus to me. I'd probably say like a C minus. They did get good value out of Joe Tooney um, and Ted Karras, but I don't really think the other guys have done anything. And I don't really know too much on what they've done in New England. And again, like with Jimmy Garoppolo, Jacoby Brissett, he's, he left. He didn't play here. If he was the starting quarterback for the Patriots or was a good quarterback here, then I could give you a better grade. But he didn't do much here, and they didn't do too much with him. So it's hard to be like uh, giving a good grade for them in just the whole scheme of things when at the end of the day it didn't really uh, work uh, in his favor, uh, in my opinion. Then we have um, this 2017 draft, and... This is um, something to, to speak on uh, just for a minute because they drafted Derek Rivers, Antonio Garcia, Dietrich Wise, and Connor McDermott. So four picks total. First round, first round grade B, second round or day two grade B plus, third, uh, day three grade A, overall B plus. Um, they chose Derek Rivers as an exciting pass rusher. Antonio Garcia is a project guy who should help once Nate Solder moves on. Um, Brandon Cooks is as good of a player as any pick they'd have found at 32, um, which I don't think that really matters. Um, they, uh, used its fifth round pick to pick up restricted free agent Mike Gilsley, uh, and then brought in, uh, Dietrich Wise, uh, fits the Pats very well. Um, they gave this a B plus. This draft is like a fat F. Dietrich Wise is great, uh, for what he is. He's nothing super special, uh, but everyone else was pretty garbage. And Brandon Cooks was only there for one year. We traded him away and got a better draft pick out of it anyways. Um, and that's, um, yeah, not a good draft at all for um, the uh, Patriots, in my opinion. And um, it wasn't uh, a good uh, draft at all, except for Dietrich Wise, um, who really is the only one who has done anything for the Patriots, which, again, not really saying much, but um, that was totally wrong, uh, for sure. Now, 2018, uh, let's see what they got for us. Uh, for the Patriots, we have Isaiah Wynn, Sonny Michelle, Duke Dawson, Juwan Bentley, Christian Sam, Braxton Berrios, Danny Etling, Keon Crozen, and Ryan Izzo. G grade A, day two, grade A, Day, uh, day three, grade A overall, grade uh, is A. So 2018, they give it an A straight down the board. I'm going to give this like a D. Like I do have to say, Juwan Bentley is still there. He hasn't done much. Isaiah Wynn has been a flop of a first round pick. Sony Michelle, by all means, was a good running back for like a little while, which was like the one year we went to the Super Bowl with him there. Uh, and we won against, I think it was the Rams. Uh, but outside of that, yeah, it wasn't a great draft uh, at all. Uh, Braxton Berrios has had more success with the Jets. Um, Christian Sam, I don't even know what the hell happened with him. Danny Etling did nothing for the Patriots. Duke Dawson has been a failure and was a failure. Ryan Izzo was there when the Patriots lost Gronk. And they had Matt Lacoste and Ryan Izzo. And I think there was, uh, you know, uh, Benjamin Watson still. Uh, so they ended up giving this an A draft. And it wasn't an A draft. Now looking at it however many years later, um, not the same uh, for sure. Then we have 2019, uh, looking at the 2019 uh, draft. 
specifically looking at what the Patriots got going on. Uh, Nikhil Harry, Jojuan Williams, Chase Vinovich, Damian Harris, Yoni Kajus, Hyje Frolt, Jared Stidham, Byzwin Colzart, uh, Jake Bailey, and Ken Webster. A in the first round, day two, A minus, day three, A minus. Um, yeah, uh, that is their grades. Uh, Gronk moved away, um, and they uh, ended up giving up a third-round pick uh, to get Williams. Um, and then they brought in uh, Vinovich in the third round. He's the high-motor, versatile lineman who will be a factor early on. He's gone and was traded for Mac Wilson this offseason. Harris is an all-around talent who was worthy of a selection 20 picks early in the draft. He was actually probably worthy of being like a first-round draft pick because he's been very good as a starting number one running back. Uh, Freud Jolt is athletic, tough-minded. Dane, who fits the Patriots' way. Um, and then Cozart and Webster had depth and defense. Ryan Allen had 19th rank uh, punting, punting average, which... Um, uh, I guess um, Jake Bailey is going to come in and help out and be better. Um, this one is not an A by any means. Damian Harris is great, uh, and so is Jake Bailey, C- minus for me. It's not an A draft at all. And Damian Harris and Jake Bailey are the only reasons we're giving it a C-. It's it's not a great draft at all um, besides those guys. Um, we got what is the 2020 draft. Um and for the 2020 NFL Draft, we're going to make our way down the line and see what the Patriots got. This is uh, NFL.com. They gave the Patriots a rank of 31 and a grade of a C-. Kyle Duggar, Josh Uchi, Arfrani Jennings, Devin Asai, Dalton Keene, jo Justin Rossweiler, uh, Michael Awanu, Justin Haran, Cassis Manula, and Dustin Woodward. Um... Justin Rossweiler is out of the league, and he had some, I think, uh, like uh, Nazi or anti-Semitic uh, tattoos, which uh, he was uh, gone, um, which they wasted a fifth-round pick on him. Devin Asai and Dalton Keene haven't done anything. Ta Kyle Duggar's been pretty good. Arfrani Jennings hasn't been too bad. Josh Uchi's not the worst. Michael Awanu is pretty solid for a sixth-round pick. I think Justin Haran might still be here, too. Um, I'm going to go honestly and say this was not a C-, but a C. I think it was slightly better. I think they didn't have a first-round pick, which hurt. Kyle Duggar, uh, you know, has done a lot, even though he was Leon Ryan safety. And that's not a big school for uh, draft picks, even though someone did get drafted from Lenore Ryan um, in this year's draft. Um what they say, uh, no one's earned the right to be confident more than Bill Belichick, but the Patriots draft felt sort of arrogant. They didn't bother to address the needs at quarterback or wide receiver and took a kicker when it was still early in the fifth round, making Rossweiler the first specialist selected in 2020. Bel Belichick has said the decision to pass on drafting a QB 10 times wasn't by design, so that sounds like he didn't hate the talent at the position in the draft. He just didn't feel compelled to take a one year when he was riding with Jared Stidham and Brian Hoyer. Um, Patriots did several voids with their selections after trading out of round one. Picking up the extra pick, though, Duggar provides much more needed youth at safety when he comes from a small school. He looked like a guy who belonged when he faced all-star competition at Senior Bowl. Yuchi, another Senior Bowl standout, appears to be a very good fit with raw athletic tool 
Belichick and Moult. Jennings drew comparisons to Patriots, Kyle Van Noy. Um, so, yeah. Uh, I think this draft is slightly better. I think Michael Iwanu is a great starter at guard um, or tackle, wherever they're going to put him. And, I mean, it is a C, like I said. Um, and I think that can go up slightly depending on how things go. But it is still kind of early for this one. So it's hard to kind of judge um, what we're looking at on that. Um, and if we're going to 2021, which was Mac Jones and the Mac Jones draft, uh, we're going to go down the line and look for what the uh, Patriots got going. They got name minus Mac Jones, Christian Barmore, Ronnie Perkins, Ramondre Stevenson, Cameron McGrone, Joshua Bledsoe, William Sherman, and Trey Nixon. Day one, they got an A. Day two, they got a B plus. And day three, they got a B plus. Um, and I actually got to say, A minus, I'm on board with that. Because I do think Mac Jones is the future at our quarterback. Christian Ballmore looked amazing this season as a second round pick. Ramondre Stevenson looks like our second best running back behind Damian Harris. And at the end of the day, this is our team. This is what we're looking at. Uh, and I like all of these, or a lot of these choices, I should say. Um, some of them haven't really played that much yet, um, and I guess we'll kind of have to wait and see what happens, but it was a pretty solid draft. I, I, I gotta say, it was an A-minus draft in my opinion. So most of these drafts that I've shown you, they're not the grades that they were thrown out there at. You know, sometimes they turn out to be great, sometimes they don't. So I'm not too worried about how this draft is going to go in the grand scheme of things because it could be great down the line. It could be terrible down the line. I'm just not really going to look at that right now because it's hard to really tell. Even just one year out, it's tough to tell. But I guess we'll see what happens. So moving on to the Celtics who have played two games and have split the first and second game with the Milwaukee Bucks. So going into this series, the Celtics were riding high on a sweep of the Brooklyn Nets, and they ended up getting their asses kicked in game number one against the Bucks, 101-89, and they were not a great team, and I thought they were going to do much better in game one without Chris Middleton there. Uh, Gianna stepped up, and, you know, Milwaukee stepped up, and it looked like, by all accounts, things were better. 24, uh, 12, and 13 triple-double right there for uh, Giannis. 15 and 11 rebounds for Bobby Portis and 25 points for Drew Holiday. And um, if you're looking at the Celtics in that one, Tatum had 21, Horford had 12 and 10, uh, Smart and Jalen Brown. Jalen Brown only had 12, which was tough. Derek White had 10 off the bench. Um, so that is, uh, that is that. So it was a tough loss. And going into game two, I assumed uh, maybe they'd, you know, hopefully step up a little bit more. No Marcus Smart in this one, but... Yeah, Jalen Brown scored 30 points, and Jalen Brown said, look, this is what we're doing, I'm taking over, and we won, 109-86, we killed him, and it was a great game. 28 points and 9 rebounds for Giannis, 19 for Drew Holiday, and 13 off the bench for uh, Pat Connington. Um, yeah, Celtics though, Tatum had 29 with 8 assists, 11-11 and 11, uh, for Horford, 10 points, 5 rebounds for Robert Williams, 30 points for... Um, the uh, Jalen Brown. 21 for Grant Williams off the bench. Grant Williams was amazing. And Derek White had zero points, but plus minus, he was plus 22, which was the, the highest for the team. So I got to say, even though 
he didn't end up scoring. Uh, he had five assists, four rebounds, and was a, a good sort of uh, role player for the time being. Daniel Tice did not play at all, which I'm wondering if because this team doesn't really fit the style with Daniel Tice, maybe he's not as uh, good against Milwaukee. They didn't really play him as much. Uh, but hopefully uh, it works out in the end because he's a great player and a solid, you know, you know, person to have off the bench if he does show up and they use him at some point. Uh, right now, I don't think that's what they're doing, but I don't know if they really need him. Uh, we'll be uh, watching in game three to see what happens. Going to Milwaukee. This is a battle um, going to Milwaukee. We could, you know, hopefully win two games and show them what's up and then move on um, and see where uh, where we go from here um, and we will see uh, what uh, takes place so um, I guess uh, we're gonna you know keep rolling on keep moving forward and you know hopefully we can get some victories and move on to the next round uh, yeah they're a good team and we're a great team as well and you know hopefully it seems like you know things can work themselves out and you know if it works it works and i hope they win this series because i don't know if miami has it i don't know if uh the uh 76ers have it either so i think um we got the edge hopefully now red sox uh what can i say about the red sox they're not looking so hot they are not looking hot at all they are in the standings in fourth place and uh they are uh eight games back of the yankees it is still early so yeah that's that's uh, something but they just seemingly can't get things right yes uh they beat the angels last night four to nothing but they lost to the orioles the blue jays tampa bay they've lost to a lot of teams in the american league east that they need to have won if they want to, you know, have the uh, edge um, when it's all said and done. Um, obviously, that's not, um, you know, something that uh, is going to happen. But, hey, you never know. Uh, they just hopefully, um, you know, can figure it out a little bit later because that, be, uh, that would be great uh, if they could. Um, and if they don't, well, uh, you know, this might not be their year. Their pitching is off. They do need better starters. And I think if they can get better starters, they'll be a better team. But really, at the moment, I just don't think uh, they have what it takes to be a championship team. Even though last year was great, they didn't really, you know, do too much to kind of upgrade. And you really think that's what they should have did. If you're top-tier team going into the playoffs, you know, you beat the Yankees, you beat the Rays, you should have did something. But I guess they chose not to, and they got a bunch of sort of B-list uh, relievers, and, you know, we'll see what happens there. Devers and Bogarts could be free agents next year. They could clear house. They could trade them beforehand. Uh, I don't really know what they're going to do, but um, I like Devers a lot more because he has more versatility. If he's a DH, if he's third base, I don't know. But uh, that's questions they'll have to answer moving forward in this season, and we'll see what happens.